Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And we are here, part one of our four-part one-on-one special. Season 18, episode 15. It's just called one-on-one part one. It's one-on-one, 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 one-on-one. Kind of like the 50-50-50-50-50-50 rule that was introduced at the end of the season. This is confusing, though, because this is how they're just naming these episodes now. So every season, there's one-on-one part one. Well, the distinguishing factor there being what season they are in, hopefully. Hey, you never know. We learned from... Trying to find House Hunters episodes. We recapped an episode of House Hunters. I couldn't tell you what number it was, what season it was from, because depends on where you're looking for it. I believe it was season 209, episode four. <laughs> if I recall that's sad correctly. If you remember that right. I think so. Well, that's where was that from? That was on YouTube. Is YouTube the correct place? Well, to- I think when we were looking on Amazon, it wouldn't load episodes after season 75. It just would, you could click on the season, but then the episodes wouldn't pop up. It was just too many. It broke the system. That's up on our Patreon if you want to check that out. But in the meantime, Corey, what was the riveting first tell-all episode description? The Brown family sits down individually to talk about the biggest questions from the season Cody reveals if he's ever been in love with the wives. Christine discusses Cody being jealous of her relationship with Janelle. And Janelle opens up about her physical relationship with Cody. Not really, though. Mm. Right? It was a little bit of a bummer. They left us on a cliffhanger. We're waiting for Cody to tell us how Janelle used him and abused him physically. Sexually. Sexually. Specifically. (laughs) Rode hard and put away wet. No one believes it. Not even Suki. Who is back? We have Sukanya interviewing yet again. Not everyone seems to be her biggest fan, but I feel like she has established some trust with each of the family members at this point. There's value in that. She's done a good job acting like she believes everything Cody says. So he's saying more and more. He's leaking like a sieve. Well, he's rambling. I'll give him that. You know what? After listening to his interview on that Mormon podcast. Let's all have a moment of silence for Sukanya because that could not be an easy job. Plus, how many times in his conversation with Suki do you think he said, oh, can we just edit that out? (laughs) At least it was applicable there because they had hours and hours of conversation that they were going to cut down. But he needs to really be aware of when he's on a live show. Someone should ask her that. I saw people sending her questions on the platform formerly known as Twitter. That no one will call X, apparently. But before we jump into the recap, let's go ahead and hear Carly's episode rewrite description for this one to get the real story. 
Suki interviews a man who sort of looks like Cody Brown. Robin goes full single white female with a copycat ring. Janelle gets horned up rewatching the Christmas vacation rental fight. Which they had to play at least three times? Three separate times during this part one of the tell-all? I don't know if we're going to see it again. Every time Suki had to talk about how difficult it is to watch it, but then, yeah, let's go ahead and give it up again. Tee, tee that clip up again. It's the only one that we have ready to go, so let's watch it for a fifth time. Roll that beautiful fight footage. But they, they cut out the best part, which was Cody pointing at the camera. No, I'm glad they cut that out because that would have took me right out of this tell-all and I might have had to turn it off. They were like, it's too disturbing. It made the audience so uncomfortable that they couldn't show it again at the tell-all. I didn't like it. Still don't. Thank you. Okay, before we get into the recap, a couple of announcements. The biggest one being that after these four parts of this tell-all air, there's going to be, it sounds like, two weeks off. Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, and then... TLC will be airing a two-part wedding special. Whose wedding do you think it is? It's not Logan's. It's not Gwen's. Christine and David will be getting married on TV January 7th and January 14th at 10 p.m. on TLC. This is probably the dumbest thing I've ever heard of, to not even have this man introduced. They're going to introduce him at the tell-all that we are currently recapping, which he did not make an appearance in this first episode. So one of the next three episodes, we're going to meet him and talk to him for like 10 minutes. And then we're just going to be fully invested in this marriage without knowing anything about this man. I mean, they know we know things about him because of social media. And Christine's been talking about him endlessly everywhere she goes and does interviews. But I I don't know enough to be invested in this marriage. This is the TLC Duggar family school of thought where you have a birth special or a wedding special before the season where you find out about the pregnancy or the marriage. So at least it's not a McKelty two-part twin birth special. To be fair, we have been asking for them to jump ahead in the timeline. What I was hoping would happen is that we would skip over any boring shit along the way and just move forward with the story. No, they're going to skip us ahead and then we're going to rewind. We're going to go back. We're going to go through all the boring things. So is this whole season going to be in sepia tone? It's all (laughs) going to be flashbacks then, technically? They love a good flashback. I don't know. I'm guessing the next season is going to be McKelty having the babies and then stuff with Gwen leading up to her wedding because that came first before... And then the engagement to David and planning for the wedding. And we're not going to talk about Logan's wedding at all. We're going to pretend like that never happened. I guess not. Although I don't know how they're going to get by with that when next season, when McKelty gives birth to the twins, they're going to have to be together because Robin and Cody were at the birth with Christine. So they can't act like that was the first time they've ever been in a room together since the divorce because the wedding would have been Logan's wedding. So we have that to look forward to. Schedule that into your uh, your 2024 calendar. Well, it's all water off a duck back at this point. <laughs> <laughs> One more thing. This is regarding the Patreon, patreon.com slash surviving pod. For those of you who are currently patrons or maybe those of you who'd like to sign up, Patreon has improved their app and their website. And we now have something called collections, which you're able to access. What does that mean? It means you don't have to infinitely scroll trying to get back to the episode that you want to listen to. Instead, you click on collections and then you'll see everything organized by season and then it will play episode one through the end of the episodes in that season. That also means maybe we can put together some other collections if people want to lump things together by category. If you have suggestions in the Discord What are some fan favorite episodes of the podcast? And we can put those in there and make those available as well. Easier to access and play through. And always, you can use the RSS feed. If you just want to listen to episodes in the podcast player that you like to use, you can do that as well. And you never have to open the Patreon website or app. Fantastic. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, let's get into it. Should we talk about the looks, how people showed up to the tell-all this year? Because Cody was looking a little different. His hair looked better? But, but that's not saying much. I it's, feel like it looked more secured in place. It wasn't. Uh, well, whenever they were showing the Salsa Brava meetup with Janelle, that was not a good hair day for Cody. Well, it's the side pieces because there's nothing underneath them. There's just raw scalp. So now he's like gelled them back and they're staying back away from his face. Well, it was the runners up at the front down yeah. the forehead. That was what was scary for me. Well, they're in place, but that's really maybe part of it is the size of his head has grown. Yeah, there's less hair taking up some real estate up there. And more face. More means more face. What was up with Cody's face? He's looking puffy, as someone on the Discord mentioned, maybe a little prednisone facey. Is that good? Is that <laughs> is the what are the benefits of that? I mean, I'm not, I don't think that's not, that's actually a major drawback of having to take prednisone <laughs> is getting moon face. <laughs> but I mean, maybe it's to draw attention away from the size of Robin's neck, which looks better, does it not? The necklaces, they fit better. Probably got it checked out. She had to get a whole new wardrobe of jewelry this season to go with the new bod, the new neck. Smaller size. Robin's eyebrows. The shape. Somewhat better, but still, I believe this woman is doing her makeup in a room with uneven lighting because one eyebrow is always heavier than the other. She's really powdered it on a lot darker. Is that just the handedness thing, though? If she's right-handed, she just goes a little heavy-handed on that side? I mean, you'd use both. you still use your right Can hand alternate. for both eyebrows. Maybe, unless she can't hold the stencil in place with her left hand. May, uh, There's yeah. definitely a stencil involved, we can tell. There's a coordination issue. But she has a walk-in closet with a door that has a glass insert in it. You're getting natural light. I'm going to need you to do your makeup near that door. And if we stopped buying QVC for like 10 minutes, we would have enough money to invest in an entire area, a whole station for her to set up and do her makeup and have some daylight light bulbs that she can have installed. I mean, she's definitely able to buy all those things on QVC. Vanity type setup there that she'd be able to work with, but doesn't seem to be the case. I'm trying to help you, girl. You need natural light. The other thing she's debuting besides the new eyebrow situation, a new wedding ring. Did you notice it? How could you not when she was trying to wipe her tears away with it so you could see the horse ring on the other hand and the mixed metal wedding band on the other finger that resembled very closely Christine's engagement ring. Christine's engagement ring to David. Oh yeah, not not to Cody. Okay. No. no. Um it looks like in an upcoming description for the tell all, we're gonna find out that Cody melted down his wedding ring. So I think that that's the clotter ring that they all used to wear. They all had one that he melted his down for some reason. Like Mel Gibson in The Patriot where he's melting it down making bullets to fight in the Revolutionary War. <laughs> for the family, the Brown family Civil War. <laughs> that must be it. <laughs> melting all the tin soldiers to make bullets. So there's that. Whose came first? 
I'm guessing probably Christine's because this is filmed in, I'm assuming, July. A couple of reasons for that. One, when Cody is getting ready in that little bathroom in the Shira Chateau, when he walks out, there's a happy 4th of July banner in Robin's kitchen and some other various patriotic items on display. A mare I can. (laughs) She stole it from Mary. Yeah, who knows? See, we couldn't have Mary get ready in the Americana craft room. Fajita Cantina. The Fajita Cantina. Americana. (laughs) It's too many words to remember now. The Fajita Cantina Americana craft room, carriage house, and fitting room? Yes. Fitting room and carriage house. Carriage house and fitting room. But... (laughs) Yeah, we haven't done a grand reveal there, so we can't do that. I didn't fully trust that. I liked your assessment where you saw these things at Robin's house, at the Shira Chateau, where they were getting ready. That doesn't really nail it down for me, because you got to think with Robin, just all the stuff that's strewn about at that house, Fourth of July decorations, that doesn't really pin you down to July necessarily. That could be kind of a pretty broad window. Are we June? Are we August? Loosey-goosey on the... uh home decor type setup here. But then we did get confirmation as part of the production. We saw one of the slates filming behind the scenes that had the date July 23rd, 2023. So both of our assessments were right. It was in July and it was about three weeks after the 4th of July, but Robin still had decorations up. I like that they keep including this late. I feel like they know we all appreciate that so that we can figure out when this occurred. I'm always looking out for the slates. That was Cody's interview because it said Cody's interview. That is a week after Gwen's wedding. Literally the weekend after she got married. After Cody and Robin's fashionably late entrance to the reception at Gwen's wedding. And just a week after photoshopping Mary out of every wedding picture McKelty possibly could. <laughs> Never forget. No, that that was one of the most fun things to try to figure out because it's a mystery. It was a real hack job. You could tell. You could tell that it was definitely photoshopped. Clearly, that's what's going on. She here. tried her best, though. Speaking of rewriting history, let's talk about Cody. He really kicks it off with a nice five-minute word salad. Right off the get-go. Yeah, this is going to be a very loosey-goosey recap because there was no way to even summarize after Cody finished some of the shit he said. Like, what what were the key takeaways of that rant? Suki was confused. You could see her eyes glazing over as he was talking. And she was like, I don't even know what kind of follow-up question to ask to this. Well, yeah, because the original question you did not get an answer to. So how do you have a follow-up question to that? So the new story here, he never loved any of them except for Robin. And really the biggest mistake that he's made after some solid reflection. That he'll, yeah, that he'll admit to. Is that he should have vetted each of the wives better for compatibility. But even just with this little bit of information that he's given us here, I have reached the opposite conclusion that his assessment was oh i didn't vet mary janelle or christine enough to know that i loved them i just entered into a covenant that i promised i would love and take care of them even though i really didn't i should have made sure that i loved them before i married them i don't think that's the answer i think the answer is you were doing fine by living that commitment And following through with that, you didn't have any love in your marriages, so it was equal. But then once you added a fourth wife that you did love, then by comparison, you did not love your three other wives. Yeah, so I think this kind of brings us back to all of the content we've watched on polygamy. And the conclusion that at least I have come to is that it doesn't seem like polygamy, polyamory, whatever it be, Having multiple partners does not seem to work if there are feelings involved. And hey, I'm not saying that that's for everyone, but it seems like in the vast majority of the televised stories we've seen, that as soon as someone starts to have deep feelings for someone else more than their other partners, it's a big problem. Well, then isn't this a huge criticism of purity culture and courting with the intention of dating specifically for the sole purpose of marrying people. Because if you had just dated Mary for a couple of months 
and then decided, wow, she's really annoying. You could have, <laughs> you could have broken up with her at that point. You didn't have to go through all this other mess. But I don't think that was the reason why he ended up marrying Mary. I think he was kind of fooled. I feel like Mary was able to put up a front. Oh, that's not nice. I'm just saying, I think she was able to hide the crazy. I think the problem is when you're 19 and 21 years old and you meet someone and you're in a culture where you're not allowed to date for a significant period of time, as soon as you get any type of exciting feelings, you feel like you're in love with that person. You think you are. And that's encouraged, too, by your community. Is that, you know what that means? It's time to go get married. And I feel like you can't really blame someone for not fully knowing who they were when they're 19 years old. Well, and I feel like the main reason why Cody was attracted to Mary was because Mary was all on board with plural marriage from the get-go. Oh, this was a great situation for him. He didn't know shit about plural marriage. He needed Mary. I need a To start this family. Yes, I need a recruiter. Well, and someone who had actually lived in a plural family growing up. He didn't. I feel like we forget that sometimes, that his family converted. It was all new to him. And so the main utility that Mary served was she's going to build out these other wives for me to marry. She's going to handpick all these other people, and we're going to live plural marriage, and it's going to be great. That's her value. That's what she's contributing here. What was Janelle's value? Obviously monetary, even though he tries to turn that around later on this episode which we'll get to monetary in the way that she wasn't interested in staying home she wanted to go out and work always working constantly she stayed in wyoming when the rest of the family was moving to utah originally because of her job her career well that and then remember in the early seasons he used to talk a lot about intellectual stimulation and how that was a big basis of their relationship just kind of a burn on mary too (laughs) you're saying she's kind of Boring to talk to. I mean, Mary's the one who's made out the worst out of all of them. So let's just keep throwing the punches. Oh, boy. So that was Janelle's utility. And then, of course, Christine was needed for a lot of reasons. She was going to be the referee. She was going to be the mom of all of the children. But mostly she's going to make sure that Janelle and Mary don't kill each other. The maker of traditions, the the one who glued the family together, took care of all the kids. And then, of course, Robin, who was just there to fulfill romantic love for Cody since he did not have that with any of his three other wives. She was there to make memories in the sports car. (laughs) And by memories, I mean Baby Saul. Baby Saul was made in the rental. No, I think that was why he was made in the car because there was no room at the inn. In that house at the rental with children sleeping under pool tables when they first moved to Vegas. Okay, so it was the white sports car. We have suspicions. This is really a last-ditch effort to hurt everyone's feelings, don't you think? I think it's just, it's an easy way to look back on it and make sense of it. Cody would not be able to make sense of the rest of this situation if he takes any amount of truth into perspective. So, I don't know. I'm wondering if there there is truth in this but he his delivery of it has to be nasty because he's trying to hurt other people's feelings and bruise their egos in the way that he feels like they've done to him because maybe he had a different type of love for them but not romantic passionate love as he would put it well and how would he know that then at that time i think he knew it until he met robin Which then, that was what Christine's whole conversation was. She knew, she could tell the way that Cody was with Robin, that he had met his soulmate. And she knew this is going to be a problem. So how are we going to address this and make sure that favoritism and all sorts of other negative things don't become a factor here in this? And Cody wrote her off. What are you talking about? You're talking crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. Well, she got gaslit for years about the favoritism that she saw going towards Robin and being told that she was too much. You need too much. You want too much, even though it's exactly what I'm giving to Robin. That's all you're asking for. So that's where it feels like polygamy is unfair in this circumstance, whereas it felt more fair when not everybody was getting everything they needed, including Cody. 
I just think it was an interesting dynamic. I also thought it was interesting that Robin seemed to be hitting all of the same talking points that Cody was, almost like they had aligned on their story because they knew what questions were going to be asked about the big parts in this season because, you know, Robin's watching every episode. She didn't want to be there. That was clear from that lackluster hug she gave Suki when she walked in. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, very deadpan look on her face turned to the side and just dreading every moment of this. I mean, maybe we're on some medication to help us with some negative feelings that we're experiencing. But I don't know. I I feel like she wanted to make it obvious that she didn't want to be there and that she was uncomfortable so that Suki would go easy on her and not ask her questions. Plus, when Suki does ask any question that kind of implies that there's an onus on Robin, even when there's not, Robin's perceiving that there's an amount of ownership that's being transferred to her for some of these situations, and she has to dismiss it, disagree, and no, that's not the case at all. Yeah, she feels like she's being accused of something every time Suki asks a question. And it would be nice if she would answer things honestly. Like, I feel like it would make such a difference if Robin would sit there, just sit there, yeah, and say, look, I joined this family I feel like I was completely tricked by what the dynamic was, the way the rest of the world was being fooled with the things that everyone said in the beginnings of these seasons. And I've only recently learned that the dynamics were not good between Cody and all the other wives. And watching that footage of that fight between Janelle and Cody, I see why Christine and Janelle and Mary wouldn't want to be married to that man anymore. Well, Robin didn't really watch the footage when they did show it to her. She was kind of looking down, looking off to the side, looking around the room, but not making eye contact with Cody, who was yelling on the screen at her. I do wonder if part of that is because we know Robin says that her first marriage was, sounds like an abusive one. So the yelling and the screaming from both Janelle and Cody probably wasn't pleasant for her. But also maybe trying not to watch it was so that she didn't acknowledge that that is part of her husband. Because what we've been led to believe is that's not what their relationship is like. Well, it seemed like they were kind of alluding to they're setting up some stuff for this tell all in one of the episodes that's coming up where Robin's going to open up about how it's not so great at home where Cody's trying to sabotage their relationship now, too, because When you run out of scapegoats, then you just start blaming each other for things? Is that what happens? I don't know. I feel like he's still got so many other people to be mad at at any point in time with such a big family. I feel, yeah, I feel like most of this is being directed at his adult children now, Janelle's boys, who he still has a lot of issues with. And so some of that will still be able to dissipate over in their direction. I just kind of don't believe her when she says things aren't, great between them because I think that she lived in a fantasy world before and that any deviation from that seems like it's a tragedy and that things are going really, really bad. Right. Like that they have a normal relationship now where there's highs and lows between the two of them. And she doesn't know how to deal with that because they've only had the highest of highs for the entirety of their marriage. Right. Because he would leave and go have the lowest of lows with other people, and then come back to their great relationship, or so she thought. And I feel like it goes back to the victim mentality of, like, everybody, look, they destroyed our family by leaving. They destroyed the big picture and the dream on Coyote Pass, and I'm not going to get to sit on a porch with my sister-wives, with our grandchildren. And they've also changed who my husband is. So I'm the ultimate victim here. To be fair, I feel like Cody is a little bit more put together on this tell-all than he was on the last one. He hasn't grabbed Suki's leg yet, so that's good. (laughs) I feel like they put the chairs a few inches further apart, so he's just out of reach. It's a step in the right direction. He seems a little less manic. He's more to putting up his front like what he used to do. Making jokes about the Sister Wives variety show when he was first coming out. Just stupid things like that. Like, that was classic Cody. That was like season two Cody. I mean, maybe he's slowly 
trying to morph back into his old self because he's less angry or he's realized that when he comes in there angry, he's not able to make his points as well. And he's here to destroy the character of his ex-wives. That's the agenda for this tell-all. I think he had a mission, yeah, this time that he was able to do. But also another huge red flag concern is just Cody's main character syndrome that he is displaying here where he's complaining about how Janelle and Christine have such a good relationship now. And in his mind, it's just to spite him that these two adult women are deciding to maintain and have a good relationship and good standing with each other just to upset Cody, which seems like a bit of a stretch. Well, Cody loves to project, so this feels like just another thing that he is accusing Christine and Janelle of that is a move that he would pull out personally. I just think it's interesting that if that's where his mind goes first when he sees Janelle and Christine having a good relationship, does he only maintain certain relationships just to get back at people? Is it out of spite? How many spite relationships does he have? I just don't understand why this is something that he hates so much. He's mad that they spent so many years being sister wives and not getting along, or I guess not getting along as good as he wanted them to, to make his life easier. And now they're trying to maintain some type of consistency for their children by continuing to be a family together. And that's a big problem for him. I've been kind of nervous that Christine seems to kind of throw the blinders on herself a little bit with pretending like everything's okay for the kids because that's how she's kind of navigated life in general. And so she still puts on this facade even now after Cody where, hey, everything's okay and it's fine and it's good and let's go enjoy ourselves type of a thing. A little Plathville sort of experience that's going on where maybe we're just kind of glossing over things but not really addressing things. You can't really kick the fundy out of your foley, huh? Which is why (laughs) I was so nervous when she was getting engaged and married so quickly. I think that's what it goes back to. I still don't know this guy. I'm nervous. I'm scared. You're going to get to meet him pretty soon. Uh, Eventually. I did like when Christine got a little sassy and was like, well, welcome to being a sister wife, Cody Brown, because this is what it's been like for us for years. You're so upset that you're jealous about this connection that Janelle and I have, that we have this bond that's kept us together through this. That's how we felt watching you with Robin. What about when you saw me with Mary? What did you feel then? (laughs) Well, thank goodness someone else has a worse relationship than me. (laughs) Christine felt, no, I, I will not abide by this. I wanted to get Mary's thoughts on the fight footage with Janelle and Cody because the look on her face was, first of all, like she herself had been in a similar situation before with him behind closed doors. And also at one point, Janelle talks about how he's trying to push her out the door now. And at no point does anyone ever acknowledge that Mary is still part of the family. And it just has to be so embarrassing to have come up over and over and over again watching these private conversations that you're not part of. Yeah, to have Mary on the couch be like, I didn't even know that him and Janelle were fighting. I had no idea. I had no idea this took place. No one told me until now. <laughs> no, until they showed up and started trying to figure out Christmas in uh, Mary's backyard. What was that crazy thing that Cody said about not wanting to ask about what's going on? in other people's lives, like the kids' lives, because that's gossiping? Did I understand that correctly? I was so confused. Yeah, the way he was talking about it was that he used to be able to just go over to a wife's house, ask them what's going on with that family unit, and find out what's happening with the kids, and get caught up to speed. And that's great. And then tell them what's going on with all the others? Oh, I don't think that was what was happening. I think it was just him hearing from the mom the update from their biological children and getting updated included on that. But now if that happens, it feels like 
He's talking behind people's backs because he has nothing good to say, maybe? Is that why it feels like it's gossiping now? But he also won't call those people to get the story firsthand. No, he doesn't maintain relationships. It's the wife's job, in his mind, to maintain and garner those relationships between the children who are now in their mid-20s and closing in on their 30s to facilitate those relationships with their dad. But I think where it gets really confusing is because Cody is the child in most aspects. So it's really hard to maintain that dynamic and manage that relationship as the mom in that scenario. Or you mean his children are being parentified by him? Well, yeah, they're the ones he, Cody is the one who's seeking parental consoling from his children. Why are you being so mean and nasty to me? Well, not only his children, but his wives, because that's one of his big complaints about Janelle when he goes on his rant trying to destroy her character. I don't know how you can have kids and expect them to just blindly love you forever. You're going to have instances where there's going to be issues, but you need to work through that. Well, that's kind of Christine's point about her relationship with Janelle is, yeah, There were a lot of times over 30 years that we didn't get along or we had issues, but we worked them out, and that is why we have a good relationship today. Cody does not work problems out with people. No, he expects you to get over it in your own time and then move on like nothing happened. That's how he navigates conflict. We got to talk about our new freaky bitch. Oh boy, yeah, because this was an interesting take from Cody, who... Suki, Janelle, basically everybody who hears this line and gets to talk about it because this is at like the tail end of this episode because it's going to be the bombshell opener for the next episode. We have to start off with great pecs and six-pack abs. Suki's really digging. She wants to know more about their sex life. Because if you're going to throw that out there, you better tell us what you mean. You're going to have to elaborate. Janelle's like, eh, you know. It got the job done. She guffaws. She laughs so hard. The laughter. It was like Mary with the catfish. The <laughs>, laughs. Oh, the laughs. So the new story for Janelle, according to Cody, is that she is basically a sex-crazed maniac who only wanted him for his body and the resources that he could provide her. The resources? <laughs> what resources? Because... Isn't this also the woman who an episode ago was talking about how she wishes there was legal recourse for her as a sister wife in a spiritual marriage to get, I don't know, something out of this divorce because she has nothing, zero things in her name. She was wishing she was walking away with any resource, a natural resource from Coyote Pass, anything that she could sell so that she could leave. An asset with monetary value would be fantastic. I mean, unless he's talking about his body being a resource. I hope not. That she was just using him to fulfill her own needs. But I don't think that was even happening. No, if you go back to early seasons of this show, one of the complaints that Cody had was that they didn't have enough intimacy in their relationship. And then they talked about how awkward it was for them to even do something like Give a peck to one another in the driveway. Yeah, they were on pretty woman rules. There was no kissing on the lips. <laughs> it was so just... So it is just another freaky bitch thing. It's just from the waist below, we'll do the kissing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Then he's going to have to elaborate on that next week. I like how he had to jump in and clarify. I thought he was going to try and say, oh, it's not six pack abs. It's eight pack abs now. <laughs> Yeah, because he was like, they missed something. They Actually, missed something. Hold on, so he... was correction. I have to make a make a edit edit here. Can we edit this out? <laughs> also, it doesn't look like he has six pack abs anymore. Uh, ever, ever <laughs> at all, never has he ever. And also, she has no empathy because she hasn't felt bad for him through the whole divorce and him having COVID and almost dying. So she's just this unfeeling psychopath. She did not carry the burden of processing these emotions for me is basically what Cody's saying, because Robin took that on 100%. But Christine and Janelle and Mary, none of them cared 
to actually process my feelings for me because Cody can't do it himself. He needs to put that on everybody else. I'm waiting for Robin to join in on this because she has been very quiet on anything that has to do with Janelle leaving. She's had a lot of shit to talk about, Christine, and I think it sounds like she's going to do some more of that in some future episodes with the whole, I'm not just being dramatic, Christine. But she's been very quiet on Janelle, I think because Janelle intimidates her and she's happy to see her out the door and her kids. Well, yeah, because I think that was one of the pointed questions that Suki asked Robin directly about if she had been invited to the Christmas vacation rental for Mock Christmas. Would she have gone with her children? Would you have felt safe in going? Which, in the season, she clearly said that she would not feel safe being around any of that side of the family. But in the tell-all, she knows if she answered that, that would put some blame on her. So she's going to say, no, if I had been invited, oh, I totally would have gone. This is where I need them to up their game producing a tell-all. And that's where you tell her, great, because Garrison and Gabe are actually here today. Would you like us to bring them out? And just see the sheer panic and terror that would creep over her in that moment where she would flip out. And then you could just say, just kidding. Oh, they're not here. They're not here. I was just joking with you, but that was quite a reaction that you just had. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Or why can't they join via satellite, as they used to say? Yeah, can't they Can't they roll them out on their little remote-controlled <laughs> iPad machines like Michael? I'm going to say TLC filmed an entire show with Michael being in Africa. How come we cannot do that here for Sister Wives? We know they have those in inventory somewhere. And then Cody can just run out and roll them back out of frame to get them away from Robin. Be great. We need it next season. But she's full of shit. I agree. Yeah, that was total lie and total rewrite because that was her entire reasoning for telling Mary, no, we're not doing Christmas altogether because I think that's a bad idea. Well, now she's trying to make it like I'm not the poor dove, as Janelle made it, that needs to be protected by Cody. I'm afraid that Cody being in the room with the boys is what's going to start the fight and that my kids are going to witness it. But I totally could have gone over to the rental with my kids because Cody wouldn't have felt betrayed and been totally pissed had I done that. Or triggered because, (laughs) yeah, because that's their other therapy language word that they've heard Aurora throw around, I'm sure, in the house. They both used triggered to explain the whole story about the fight at Janelle's apartment, that the Christmas tree is what triggered Cody. Because when he realized that she was going to pack up this tiny little tree, put it in the back of her car, drive it to the vacation rental, and celebrate mock Christmas with Christine. This is a betrayal. Beyond, I mean, epic proportions. The tree is now a symbol of betrayal. See if they have a Christmas tree next year at the Shira Chateau. But yeah, I agree that they are weaponizing therapy language. Which is interesting because there were multiple wives. I know Mary said it and Janelle said it, but was talking about how Cody has no ability to look inward, to be introspective about anything. I don't know. Christine might have said it too. So it might have been everybody except for Robin, because of course Robin's not going to point out any of Cody's faults. No. And it's clear that's why she is here at this tell-all. But yeah, that's very much narc behavior to not be able to look in and have any constructive criticism about the way you handled situations. He took credit for a few things, which normally if it's a bad thing, you don't take credit for it. Well, he can't say accountability. I know. I'm unable to process what that means. I'm not going to say I'm accountable for this or I'm responsible for that. No, I'll take credit for something, though. Cody's always ready to take credit. The other new bombshell piece of information that we got, which I do like when we sprinkle in new things. I want to learn new stuff. I don't just want to watch clips that I already watched this season. We we had a clip show within the season. We don't need a clip show tell-all. It was like three episodes ago. We just saw it. When Cody had COVID, Janelle and Christine were on vacation in Disneyland, and he called Janelle and was like, 
I am so sick. I am at death's door. I need you to leave your vacation with Christine immediately. Remember, 99.6. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, I'm in an ice bath at this point because I need to keep the fever down. Death's door. You're going to need to come home. I'm going to need you to go to the store. You're going to buy me the supplies I need. You're going to drop them off at my doorstep in the bag. You're going to get back in your car, leave, and I'll pick them up. Someone will come to the door and retrieve them. And Janelle was ready to be like, oh, my gosh, yeah, we got to head back home because I got to go do this stuff for Cody. I got to take care of him. And Christine was like, hold on a minute. Let's take a quick inventory real fast and just see, did Cody bring you anything when you were sick with COVID last January? Or like generally even offer or care that you were ill. No? No, I don't think that happened. And then also, if you did go back, so if you did catch a flight, you changed all your travel arrangements, you left early right now, and you get back to Flagstaff to go to Walgreens or CVS, stock up right quick, and drop this stuff off at his house, to then what? You're just going to go home? To your sad college dorm apartment life. You'd have to go back to campus. Hide your candles. And you're going to have to wait because you're not going in the house. You're not nursing him back to health. He's not going to see you or call you again for anything else until he's out of Gatorade again. Also, for sure, I wouldn't be looking to go out of my way to do this for him right after he forgot my son's birthday. Well, and excuse me, but... You could DoorDash. That's a job. The job that you're describing is an order that you would place on DoorDash and send to Cody's house. I hope you ask for a tip at the end when you drop it off. <laughs> well, you could leave the tip beforehand if you're the one ordering it, right? No, I mean, yeah. I hope that Janelle gets a tip had she gone and done this because the DoorDash person would. Uber Eats would. Uber Eats should. Why? First of all, This household has been so afraid of getting COVID from the start. You didn't have the shit that you would need if you all got sick. You didn't have all of your electrolytes and fluids. You didn't have Tylenol on hand. You didn't have tissues, whatever other shit that you needed. You didn't have that ready in stock to go in case anyone came down with COVID. I guess not. But again, if you're calling Janelle and you're saying, this is what I need, dude, you need a DoorDash order is what you need. Well, or you have a door dasher in your house because Aurora didn't get COVID. And she said that she was going to school the whole time, that she was staying way away from everyone. She was downstairs. She was using the side door out of the house. She wasn't going upstairs by them. She never got sick. She couldn't have gone to pick something up at Target and dropped it off at the doorstep. Janelle had to leave her vacation in California to come do that. So I think this is where it becomes the point that Cody doesn't ask people for favors because he needs assistance. He puts people in testing situations. It's normally if he's going to say, I need you to jump, your only response should be how high. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want any other input or suggestions. He wants what he wants when he wants it because he's a toddler infant baby man. It was a test of loyalty. And she chose Christine because she stayed on vacation. And then she didn't care to hear his story about how he almost died because she didn't bring him the supplies that he needed. Well, that becomes the excuse for every other mistreatment that's going to happen now is because he had a near-death experience and you chose to stay with Christine on a vacation instead of coming and spending my final moments on this earth. (laughs) Which I would have forced you back to your car and just grabbed the stuff off the doorstep and gone back inside. That's It's preposterous because also for someone who's almost had a near-death experience, usually that makes people reevaluate their lives and how they treat the people around them and the relationships that they have. And he has only had worse relationships since this happened. Do you know what it did? It fortified his relationship with himself. That's that's the one that he took into account here more than anything. It's just who is serving me the best? That's where I need to invest. Me, myself, and I. Me, myself, and I. They left us with that weird clip of Mary. Again, we didn't see too much Mary contributing to the conversation as of yet. That's that's in step with what we've seen in past tell-alls. Usually there's an entire Mary episode 
Because she can only comment on things about herself because she has no idea what's going on with anyone else. Completely separate. Yeah, she doesn't have any other input on anybody else's storylines. And nobody has any input on hers because, yeah, nobody knows what's going on. So she has this weird moment where Suki's like, okay, you're you're, going to share things. You're going to tell your story. Oh, I will not be silent. My voice will be heard. Oh, okay, girl. Are you are you okay? Why are we so intense? <laughs> also, if you're writing a book or something, you could just tell us that. You don't have to be so cryptic and weird. Scary and ominous. I would be shocked if she's not writing a book. She's been taking random Instagram photos with books, talking about her story. Journaling. Drafting. I mean, I cannot wait to read this if it actually comes to fruition. But either she's going to tell us a bunch of shit in this tell-all, or she's not going to tell us anything good, and she's just going to promote a book that she's writing in the future. She's just waiting for Jen to finish up the first draft so she can go back and touch a few things up, because Jen's got to do all the work for all of Mary's projects. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder what friend is ghostwriting the book for her. (laughs) By the way, if you have been on pins and needles wanting to know what happened with the renovation of the Fajita Cantina, Americana Craft Room, Carriage House, and Fitting Room... That will be revealed next season. Right. No spoilers. We're not posting any pictures or anything. No, she said on Friday with friends, she can't talk about it. And I did stalk her friend Blair's business pages to see if perhaps he had posted a final project picture. But no, they're really keeping it under wraps. So we all have that to look forward to. I just hope that Suki asks Mary more about the legal divorce, since that seems to be more of Mary's timeline of when... Her relationship with Cody officially ended. And I really hope that we get to dig into that a little bit more during these tell-alls. Yeah, I want to go back and talk about things that happened in the past that were we were given a certain story about. But now we're starting to hear that that was not the truth of the state of the relationships. And I want to know what Mary was really thinking. I have to reevaluate a couple of things. Next episode, the Brown family continues to speak one-on-one with host Sukanya. Mary shares the events leading up to her separation from Cody, while Christine reveals a shocking story involving Cody melting down his wedding ring. The meltdown you've all been waiting for. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to chat with us about the episode on our Discord channel by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash survivingpod. Stay tuned, share with friends. See you next week. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.